I am done. Well, sort of. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Welcome to Wintry Mix 45. I'm Alex Kaufman. If the clickbait headline was successful, then yep, you've already figured out the story on this one. I am done. Well, sort of. Episode 45 represents the last run of the current business model for Wintry Mix. Why is that? Well, it's simple. Time. It's always been a side gig, and there's no longer room on my plate to do it right. At least not in its current format. However, I am going to keep the dream alive. How? I'm going to stop selling it to advertisers, but keep the option open of rogue future publishing. Maybe I'll come up with a new format that allows shorter dispatches, or submissions from people, or resorts. Or maybe you won't hear shit for three years. I'll likely let the website wither on the vine, but if you're a subscriber or connected via Wintry Mix Social, you'll stay in the loop, whatever loop that ends up being. And as always, you can reach me, alex at wintrymixcast.com, if you'd like. But hey, no more ads. That's cool, right? And it also means I can publish anything. Intriguing. In this episode, I'm going to play a few highlights from season two and three, as well as thank the various supporters and helpers that deserve a shout. And the no ads thing starts right now, so let's get started. Season 2 got underway with what ended up being the most popular episode in Wintry Mix history, number 23. Tuckerman Ravine near-death experience guy, John Miller, came into the VPR studios with his wife, Alyssa, and we dug through how that changes one's life. No nothing. And so I just opened the door, pretty panicked. And the first thing my sister said to me is, he's okay, but we got to go. Yep. And and the, the person you hear nursing is the person you were pregnant with when you got that information. Correct. Oh, my gosh. John, the people that came to your aid, do you remember? Are you told stories about what happened after you fell? What kind of shape were you in at that time? Yeah, so all of it I have to piece together because my memory goes blank basically at the fall. I have one final memory of just pure panic Mm -hmm. of like I'm falling down a mountain and I can't stop and this is really bad. Speaking of Vermont Public Radio, these guys sit at the top of the it wouldn't exist without them list. Become a member, seriously. There's no better time to support legitimate journalism for obvious reasons. On a more personal level, Angela Evansy, Jonathan Butler, Franny Bastian, Leslie Blount, John Van Hoosen, Sarah Simon, Chris Albertine, Liam Connors, and Jake Rusnuk all supported this project along the way. Thanks, all of you. Episode 24 was chatting with Andrew Bresnahan, a full-on bush doctor in the wilds of Labrador. Worth your time. And there was polar bears. Episode 25 was recorded on my back porch, a sort of rapid-fire session talking winter resort marketing with some internet nerds. Our next highlight revisits Burke Mountain in the land after Q. I spent an afternoon on site just prior to the hotel opening. Lots of interesting local perspective for those following the EB-5 happenings in the Northeast Kingdom. 
The arcade is through here. It's already open. We've got everything turned on for you so you can see it in action. What does it have? What are we playing? Everything I think that you can imagine. My favorite game is the uh, Pac-Man Arcade Party 10 uh, games from the 80s, which are my favorites. All right, I'm going to tell you a secret. You ready? This is so much better than the arcade at the Stowe Mountain Lodge. Really? I've never actually been to the Stowe Mountain Lodge, but I, I do have the high score on Galaga right now, and I do challenge anybody once we open to, to beat that. We'll see. Number 27 was a visit to a hop-in co-working space at the base of the Squaw Valley Access Road. I happened to be in Reno looking at some apartment buildings. The real job. So I was able to cram an episode into the trip. That's a trend. I've done that half a dozen times. Episode 28 was the same. I was driving home from Pennsylvania and swung by Polar Peak, located in the Taconics of eastern New York. The Harishko brothers have been at this for decades. Rope toe, snowmaking, grooming, all to themselves in a cow pasture. It used to be a pasture on our family's farm. We used to pasture out heifers because the hill just above the uh, mid-area was too steep to really cut the hay or even plant any corn. So we used to just graze heifers here all summer long and then during the winter we'd turn it into a ski uh you know the ski hill and then one year we finally talked my dad into not using it so we could just build work on the lift work on grooming out the trails so we could ski on less and less snow we had a big problem when we were starting out when the cows were still pasturing that they were rubbing up against our original lift towers and eating through fences and basically just making uh, craziness of what we were trying to accomplish. So every year we had to go back and redo what we did the year before before we could get to the uh, get the ski season going. We also had to fill in some uh, hoof prints and uh, constantly we were fixing cow pies um, that we were busting our skis on during the course of the winter. And fixing them basically just means picking them up. Picking them up and uh, trying to level them out. <laughs> the ones you can't pick up, you just try to smooth them out so they're not so abrupt when you hit exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. Episode 29 was about the Catamount Trail and VTBC stuff. 30 was a High Fives Foundation golf tournament. 31 caught up with the guys from Voodoo Balance and Snurfer. 32 was a winter preview with some resort reps. 33 was behind the scenes with the candidate that didn't become governor of Vermont. And we'll stop again at 34 hanging out at a Scutney. There is no snowmaking, and our goal right now, you know, snowmaking maybe will be in the future, but we want it to be a sustainable area. And because we're year-round multi-sports um, and more, more of like a community ski area, we'll see if we get snowmaking as time goes on. But our theory is, is to get our slopes mowed so beautifully that it only takes six inches of snow and we can ski. So as soon as we have six inches of snow, we will turn those lights on and turn that rope toe on and we'll be skiing. 37 and 38 were World Cup related. First, I was in the drinking tent at the conclusion of the event. That was a good time. No, this is, if there was a Guinness Book of World Records for snowmaking, this would be in it because it's unheard of in the industry to have, to have gun spacing every 15 feet. We added hydrants, we added pipeline, we added guns that... That, we, that actually built Killington called the K3000 that could work in 30 degree temperatures, 34 degree temperatures. And you were mixing in a lot of air at the time. And that's what we used and a lot of air that the company committed to uh, to make this event happen because it wasn't exactly a cold or normal fall for New England. It was actually a warm one, but those guns really kicked it in and that's how we pulled this off. November 5th, how, how were you feeling when you still had that two to three weeks out and there was probably almost no snow on this trail? How did it feel then? 
you know, people kept asking if I was worried. I, I'm never worried. I was concerned. But we did the numbers, and, and, you know, the weather was just enough that we were able to pull it off. Yes, I was concerned because there was so much riding on this, so much emotion, so much passion, and the racing community in New England is so large. But we pulled it off. The next week, I was learning all about the racing and event supplies business with recent sponsor World Cup Supply. What's going on, Keith? Hey, hey Alex. Hi, Alex. Nice to meet you. What are you working on, Keith? I'm currently working on a Blaine High School uh, bib design for their downhill team. Um, they're from Minnesota, actually. Uh, rehatching an older one from 2007, trying to upgrade it a bit. Other than bibs, what else are you designing for customers? Uh, pretty much anything. A lot of bike plates, a lot of uh, ski panels. Catalogs. Yeah, catalogs and uh, Facebook features and constant contact things for our monthly news blasts. So you guys have a, a paper catalog right over there, huh? Let's get a look at that puppy. It's our call to action. Yes, it is. All right, what should I buy? What am I seeing here? So this buy, is the ANET system. You should buy an ANET system. I should put it up in my yard. Put it up in your yard and then buy 500 gates to go along with that. That would be a wonderful thing for you. How much does 500 gates cost? 500 gates will be about $20,000. I don't know if I got the vert to, to uh, support that. Yeah. But I know I promised no more ads, but this is when I toss my shout out to all those that have paid their invoices across the lifetime of this thing. Thanks to Ski Vermont. Parker, Sarah, Hillary, when she was there. Kyle, when she was there. Chloe, Adam, etc. Peak Resorts, my man Fish. Propeller Media Works, a.k.a. Prop Dave. Snow Country, Horrocks. Intopia, Pascal and Mr. Christ. World Cup Supply, Brad and Bob. Liftopia, Rob and Kyle. And, of course, Digi Dave at Snowbird, Utah, for support across seasons 1, 2, and 3, and making episode 42 possible. You all paid for diapers, real estate taxes, groceries, and the down payment on a pop-up camper that will totally end up in my Instagram feed this summer. Back to the recap, episode 39 was about fat biking, 40 was with longtime Denver Post reporter Jason Blevins, and 41 caught up with Chris Diamond, who spent 40 years in the resort biz and just wrote a book about it. Uh, there was one particular, one season pass holder who just had a, a reputation for being it seems just high maintenance, you know, in our business. It just, you deal with that. And uh, she was a wonderful Mount Snow supporter, but just difficult to manage. And this particular lift uh, uh, story had to do with an evacuation on a you know, 7,200 foot fixed grip triple chair, which, you know, happened at a time of year when there, there wasn't a lot of natural snow. So getting people off the hill was problematic. But that said, it was pretty much pulled off without any incidents. The, the day after this happened, this uh, this lady showed up at the front desk uh, calling for Bruce. And when she did, she would stand there and literally yell for Bruce at the top of her lungs, not um, willing to deal with any administrative folks. She wanted always to talk to Bruce. So Bruce went up and she explained how she'd been um, on that lift that day and what an awful experience it had been. Uh, and somehow, after going through this awful experience, she was lowered to the ground. Uh, her friend, Gloria Levine, got a complimentary lift ticket. Um, and somehow, she did not. And she basically demanded Bruce to issue her a comp ticket. Um, Bruce stood there for a moment. I happened to be overhearing this because I was just down the hall. And he basically <laughs> he said, "You, ma'am, you, you just made my day, you know, 
I was there yesterday. I evacuated Gloria Levine, and you were there. And she just put on her heels and marched right out the door. And to me, that was a Mount Snow moment. You know, like a difficult customer, but dealt with fairly. But we all had uh, all had something of a great laugh about it. it was just and Bruce, you know, just handled it beautifully. 42 was the pod pal mission to Snowbird and Powmow with my neighbor and shred mate, Mr. Wheeler, who deserves a shout simply for getting me out on the hill on a more regular basis. On that note, let's name the interns whom you've heard a few times. It all started with Drew Foley from Linden State. Then we had Megan Elmaker, then Derek McDonald, then Caroline Kessler, all from UVM. Thank you, gang. Also, Caleb over at Waterbury Sports during season three. Thank you for the tune-ups. And, of course, TK, the not-going-to-be-all-snow opening voice of the pod. 43 traveled back in time with Vermont Slope Posse, and 44, the final traditional episode, told the story of two local businessmen who bought their hometown ski hills in central New York starting in 2013. Well, we're almost done here, Mark. We're going to finish off on a fun note. We're going to play a little fill-in-the-blank. You ready? Oh, God. That's a good start. Skiing's biggest challenge in the next 10 years will be... Uh, conversion. The best Tom Hanks movie is? Ooh, that's a good one. Or worst. Uh, <laughs> I gotta think of that one. All right, we'll come back to it. The food item you sell the most of is? French fries. Oh, and, and cheese. And what? Cheese. We're like the leading, that's like one of our leading items. The cheese dip. You just say, it's just, here's some cheese dip? What do people dip in it? That's what they do, French fries and cheese. Must be a, a Finger Lakes delicacy. Yeah, it is. It is. You and John most often disagree about blank. Probably process. And your proudest moment in ski area ownership was? Probably last Saturday when the deck was, was absolutely swamped. It was a gorgeous day and everything just came together perfectly. This was a hard call. The sponsors and listeners were ready for more. I've had a hand in this business ever since living in my truck in the Vale Valley in the 90s, then through college and for a decade after in the marketing departments of Resorts East and West, then as Ski to East sales and funny guy for years, then piloting this odd bird. I'm not sure I'll be able to quit it, but at least for now, I have to put all my focus on my family and my family business. If I can work out a time-savvy way to keep the feed alive for next season, even without making a buck, maybe it'll happen. A lot of that is on you. I'll publish your stuff if your stuff is publishable. Think about it. Or let's talk about your idea. Thanks for listening. Seriously. Alex Kaufman, signing off. For now. And of course, our theme music by Mr. Adam Levy.